and welcome in to another edition of the Third Round Reversal Fantasy Football Podcast. Brett Malamud here with Zach Malamud. Zach, what's going on? Not much. Uh, a busy day it definitely was, and uh, we'll get right into it with the news. Yeah, right into the thick of it here in June, and it's Dalvin Cook. The rumors are, are true. They are going to move on from him with the rumored release coming Friday if they cannot get a trade done. But there were some inkling earlier in the week that nobody was really going to trade for him. They were going to kind of just wait it out to be able to sign him as a free agent. And the first thought is probably a bump for Alexander Madison, right? Uh, definitely. Um, if you're a uh, Alexander Madison owner in, in Dynasty like myself, uh, Christmas came a little bit early this year. Uh, I think, I mean, looking at, at Madison, you probably have to put him in, in running back one, uh, on the border of running back one, running back two territory. There's just nobody else in that backfield. I mean, I, I, I look at redraft, you're probably going to have to go up and get a guy like Alexander Madison. That's how open that backfield is. I'm expecting probably the first or, or, the first into second round swing in 12 team leagues. I think that's probably where, where Alexander Madison's going to go. Cause that's where Dalvin cook went just last year. Yeah. I think he's probably a top 15 at least at the very minimum. Um, I'm not sure that he's a, a running back one. He's an extremely solid running back two. you know, I don't, I don't know that, you can totally make the comparison that he's going to be the de- he's going to be the Alexander Madison that was there from a few seasons ago. Completely different coaching staffs and stuff, but you know he he's surely the starter, um, and I'm pretty sure he's going to feature a little bit more in the passing game. But I'm not sure it's going to be a ton in the passing game. I, I just I'm not I'm not quite sure how this is going to shake out, especially with some of the receivers that they've got there. Yeah, that's fair. I mean. I'm looking like from the standpoint that there's just no running backs right next to him. If they, if they had another guy and they, and they were bringing somebody in, maybe then it would be a different story, but we've always talked about for the last two, three, four years. Okay. Alexander Madison, he's the stash guy. If Dalvin cook goes out, who's going to get the ball, Alexander Madison, the three games last year that, um, that Dalvin was out, Alexander Madison's touches 32, 32, 25. I mean, the, the workload is insane. He's going to get every touch out of the backfield that you could ask for. And looking at that, I mean, that's exactly a guy that you would want on your team to maybe even probably not a running back one. I, I think probably towards the later parts, if you're, if you're kind of on the later ends of getting a running back, then he could be a running back one but you'd probably be more comfortable. He's a really solid, really solid running back too, especially with that workload he's going to get. Yeah, I think the the bell cow feedback, you know, that that's kind of the role that they envisioned for him. And so, yes, I think a really solid running back too, just from the usage standpoint, like I said, probably a top 15 running back at the very minimum with the chance that, of course, he can go higher based on the touches. But let's take a look now at Dalvin Cook and his situation. A few of the land spots, a lot of AFC East teams are kind of being rumored right now. You know, the Buffalo Bills have been rumored, the Miami Dolphins, even the New York Jets are thrown in there. I don't know that the Jets really need him um, just based on the fact that they have 
quite a few running backs there. I think they might just be mentioned to drive price on Miami, um, much like has been back and forth when they when they mentioned Miami and rumors of the Bills and rumors to drive the price up for the Jets. Um, I think this is this is that. Uh, people are putting him with Buffalo, you know, his brother's there. So I'm not really sure where he'll land, but, you know, Miami might be the uh, the spot. And then Denver is another spot that's being rumored. What do you think on his eventual landing spot? Yeah, so I, I actually made a, a TikTok about this uh, on my TikTok page um, and then ended up uh, picking the Miami Dolphins as the number one option. I think that's it's not even close, really. Who's the number one option? That's Miami. It, looking at this offense, if you plug a guy like Dalvin Cook into this offense, the offense is complete. The thing they're missing right now is a number one running back that they can rely on week in, week out to get them over the line, get a thousand yards, get those 15 rushing touchdowns. That guy that they can really rely on to give really defenses something else to think about, not just Jalen Waddle, as well as Tyree Kill and Tua Tagovailoa in the passing game. Looking at Miami, they are clear as day the top option. I'm hoping that, that Denver's not the team that they end up, uh, especially as as Javante Williams is, is coming back from an injury. You don't want really uh, those two guys to be together, especially as a fantasy owner. However, Looking at Miami, there's no really fantasy um, mishaps, you would say. Like, there's nothing to really worry about if he goes to Miami and it comes to fantasy. Uh, really, Raheem Mostert is the guy, but you're not expecting Mostert to be the next the guy for the next three or four years if you're an owner of him. Yeah, I think that, you know, Miami would be a spot. They're an interesting one because they don't have the guy. Um, they do have two good backs, though, in Jeff Wilson Jr. and, and Raheem Mostert. Uh, I'm not really sure I would use Dalvin in that case with the three guys, but I do think that it would probably hurt, you know, the rookie's value there, Devon Ayn. Um, I think he would get hurt the most if Miami ends up being the place where he settles. Uh, the Broncos, this is interesting because we haven't really heard about Javante and his progress that he's made since the injury. Um you know, very, very little was said towards the end of the season. He'll attempt to come back for the start of the season. They were a little optimistic. And then they kind of just, the updates kind of disappeared. Um, so that's a little bit of a question mark for me. I'm not sure that that would really hurt Javante's value, though. I mean, they said the same thing about Melvin Gordon. He was brought in last year. Not to compare Melvin Gordon and Dalvin Cook. It's a whole other animal. But at the same time, I think that, there is the potential that Don Cook could come in if Javante is not ready. And, you know, you know, hopefully from a Javante standpoint, he doesn't just steal the job. At the same time, he could get a few starts right out of the gate if Javante is not ready. That's fair. I, I mean, looking at Dalvin um, contract-wise, if you're Denver, yeah, if you could give him a one-year deal and and – he, he's your running back for the year and you get Russell Wilson back to normal. Of course, we know about the receiving core. We're going to talk about that later when we get to the Broncos in the AFC West. But I mean, looking at Dalvin, if you could give him a one-year contract, if you're Denver, why not? I, you're not risking Javante Williams' future because all those knee injuries, every type of injury he could have gotten to his knee, he got it on that one play um, this past season. And you don't want to risk that especially his future. He's so young. 
Yeah. So I think that for me, just from a from a Dalvin standpoint, if you own him right now in Dynasty, you're gonna hold you're gonna wait, you wait it out and and figure out what the landing spot is before you, you know, evaluate your next move, whether you sell him or keep him. Yeah, completely agree. You got to wait and see in, in Dynasty right now. He can't really be any lower than a a running back two in my mind. Yeah. So so now just to jump forward as we as we start to go into our divisions, we're going to head to the AFC South. Another guy who's potentially going to go to the AFC South is none other than DeAndre Hopkins. He is taking a visit with the Tennessee Titans. I'm not quite sure how you could say no to the Tennessee Titans because I'm not really sure that their receiving core is, you know, much to be uh, competed with. And I truly think that if DeAndre Hopkins goes there, he could be a really legit fantasy I think he's a no doubt stardom right away, a wide receiver one. There's no doubt in my mind. There is nobody else in this receiving core. And of course, Everybody's going to say, well, what about Traylon Burks? Well, I mean, he's the number one option right now. And and Nick Westbrook-Akina is number two. But they're not fantasy starters. You're not going to start them on your rosters right now. Traylon Burks is too young. I mean, you're going to hold on to him in Dynasty and, and see how he progresses. But he's not a, a set-it-and-forget-it fantasy starter right now. There's no shot of that. So if DeAndre Hopkins comes in, He's easily a top 10 uh, wide receiver. Easily. He goes in, uh, Ryan Tannehill, he's going to have him as the the number one option would be Hopkins. Uh, There's no doubt that Hopkins would would step in perfectly right away um, and be that number one option. Like I said, wide receiver one, top 10 wide receiver, anything you want, DeAndre Hopkins would be that in Tennessee. I don't know what you think, Brett. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that that's a perfect spot for him where – you know, he'll be able to dominate. And yeah, I think he becomes a wide receiver one candidate. Um, you know, surely, surely he's at the very top of the wide receiver twos. Uh, if you want to, you know, put, put a four on, uh, I, I think he's, he becomes a target monster there. And, and, you know, there's really not a lot of pass catchers on, on that team that would be compete for volume. Yeah, com- completely agree. Uh, so let's get into the Titans. Uh, looking first at Ryan Tannehill. I think he's just a a quarterback to kind of stay away from right now. He played 12 games last year. He was quarterback 23. Um, Just, just stay away for now. There's just nothing in that passing game that, that really intrigues you. If they get Hopkins, that's another story. You may want to go to him depending on how much of the target share and how much production Hopkins is going to get in that offense. As for the rookie, Will Levis, he's, in my mind, the fourth rookie quarterback uh, behind a, bu- a bunch of the the front three um, with when it comes to Bryce Young, as well as Anthony Richardson and C.J. Stroud. I don't think Will Levis is going to be starting for, for a couple years. I still think Tannehill's the guy right now, and they're not going to rush into Will Levis just like they had to last year with Malik Willis. I think his time in Tennessee might be done. Uh, I'm not sure where things stand with him. It was just a brutal rookie year for him. Played a couple of games, and it was terrible. Uh, Moving to the running back, though, it's Derrick Henry's backfield. As long as he is healthy, he's he's the top running back. I would say look out for a guy like uh, Tajay Spears out of Tulane. 
just a beast and, and somebody to look out for in Dynasty. He had the fifth most yards and the second most touchdowns in all of college football last season. The stats speak for himself. Look out for a guy like Spears in Dynasty. And like I mentioned, the wide receiver is very boomer bust. Burks is number one right now. Westbrook Akina is number two. They're just not wide receiver starters, especially on fantasy rosters. Looking at the tight end, though, the last seven weeks of the season, Okonkwo was tight end seven. I think he's a very low tight end, too, though. Probably would stay away. Uh, maybe take a take an option on him if you need a, a backup tight end. He had some production, uh, like I said, towards the later stages of last year. Yeah, you're stealing my Tajay Spears stats over here. Uh, Spears, you know, the the fifth rushing yard FBS, second in rushing touchdowns. But the one you didn't mention, he was fourth in yards after contact per attempt. That, I really think, is pretty good for him. Yes, he also has a knee injury, much like Derrick Henry has had. Um, but I really think that he's a great handcuff option to take, just based on the fact that Derrick Henry has has an in injury history um he's a really good rookie pick and then we're not really sure what the future holds for for derrick henry in the next couple seasons and so therefore you know from an nst perspective that one makes sense uh i guess i'll get right into derrick henry he finished his running back four he was second in carries he was third in running yards he had career highs and targets receptions yards per route run and Everybody kind of was waiting for the cliff last year. That didn't really come. I still think that he's probably that second round guy that you you can take as as you know take back running back in those first two rounds. He's a really solid running back too. And if you didn't get a running back and you go wide, he's a good first option to grab as as your running back one. If you didn't grab it on that first round, um, I think he he's still probably one of those early to mid second round picks like he always is. Um, I don't know that the that the cliff is essentially going to hit this year, just based on the fact that I'm not sure that the pass catchers, as, as we just mentioned, really are going to have that much of an impact. That said, you know, if they get D-hop, yes, that changes things for, for the receivers for Hill. That kind of ups all of their values. But at this point, I'm not really sure that, you know, the guys other than Traylon Burks and Dynasty have much value. Uh, in his final six healthy games played, Burks led the Titans in targets and receiving yards. In weeks 10 to 12 with Tannehill in there, he had a 21% target share. And, you know, Robert Woods gone, Austin Hooper gone, more touchdown opportunities. He's probably the guy I would look for that running back or, or running back, that wide receiver three flex option. Um, and he has the upside if 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 they do not sign D-Hop. Uh, he has the upside of potentially going to that wide receiver too. Um, but for me, he's probably one of those like eighth or ninth round guys that you kind of grab in. Um, obviously, his value goes lower though, depending on what happens with the situation. And then it's Ryan Tannehill. You know, he was a top 12 quarterback and he had seven rushing touchdowns in 2020. He had seven rushing touchdowns in 2021. And then he kind of fell off a cliff. He only had two last year. He's he's at the the twilight of his career. And so, you know, I, I probably wouldn't pick him other than, you know, for a streaming option if you were in a need for a quarterback. Uh, if you're in one of those deeper leagues, you, you're kind of scrambling to get a guy who is a starter. You know, some of those deeper dynasty leagues, 
Um, you know, maybe he's one of those guys you buy an extremely low cost just based on the fact that he is at the twilight of his career. Um, but I would probably put him in unless unless it was from a streaming perspective. Uh, Will Levis, though, yeah, it, it's interesting. I'm not sure he's going to start this year. We spoke about this a few weeks ago on our draft episode. Um, but he has a cannon. And if they can figure out how to utilize that cannon, then, you know, he might get in there. If, if the Titans start to struggle, um, you know, the, the, the wagons come off, the wheels come off the wagon, then there's the potential that Will Levis does see some time this season. But I, I think they'll handle themselves well. Um, so I don't think he'll he'll get in until next year at the earliest. But, you know, there's always the potential. So I would probably take him in that second round of a rookie draft. Uh, I don't know that he factors in as a first-round rookie pick. I can sit in a super flex where he's in that back end of the first round, but he's probably a second-rounder for me. And then you mentioned Aconquo. He's a good backup, probably a low-end starter for me, but he's a good backup tight end. Yeah, completely agree. I mean, I, I think I value uh, Levis a little bit higher just based on super flex, flex leagues and, and how certain people value quarterbacks. You always want that quarterback. And you would think Ryan Tannehill, the age is getting up there. The injuries come every now and then. Obviously, Will Levis could step in at any point um, during the season. Of course, like you said, if they start to struggle, especially. So, most likely mid first round, I would probably say, especially 12 team, um, maybe 10 team towards the later stages of the of the first round in, in dynasty, but probably mid first round, just based on how people value quarterbacks, like I said. Yeah, I think super reflex change that. And so yeah, he'd probably be one of those back end first round kind of players. Um totally agree with that. But you know, as far as beer goes you know, leave him out there and, and he's probably not from a redraft perspective going to have much of a, much of any value. Yeah, definitely agree. All right. So let's jump into the Jacksonville Jaguars where they have a quarterback situation that has been figured out finally after years and years of really having anybody, the like Bortles of the world, they have Trevor Lawrence. He was amazing. Quarterback eight. Take us through the Jacksonville Jaguars. A, an absolute monster, an unreal second year jump from Trevor Lawrence, over 4,000 yards, 25 touchdowns, eight interceptions. That touchdown to interception ratio was fantastic, you would have to say, especially looking back to his rookie year. Um, and he also added 62 rushing attempts, five rushing touchdowns. Everything you want in a starting quarterback in fantasy football, Trevor Lawrence had that. He was quarterback seven and he, I think he's in starting quarterback range of this year. He definitely has to be all the options there. It's a built up offense. He's adding more weapons as, as time goes on. And, and I'll get to Calvin Ridley in a little bit. Um, but adding him to to the tandem of of Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. And he's got the the running back in Travis Etienne. They're just adding pieces to this offense. In Dynasty, you're loving Trevor Lawrence right now. In redraft, I definitely think you have to draft him as a starting quarterback now, especially how things are moving in Jacksonville. At running back, Travis Etienne, he was ridiculously inconsistent at some points uh, during the year last year. Still finished running back 17. He's still a solid running back two option. 
but you're going to have to be prepared for those down weeks. Um, of course, Jacksonville does struggle a little bit on defense. There's a lot of times where they were downing games and Trevor Lawrence had to throw the ball a lot. Obviously, those rat, those numbers racked up uh, for Lawrence after that, but you're going to get those down weeks from ETN, uh, especially also with Tank Bigsby, uh, Dernis Johnson, Jermichael Hasty, Stoop Connor. All those guys got touches. Bigsby now a, a rookie and, and Johnson coming in this year. Bigsby is a guy to look out for in uh, Dynasty, probably second or third round. He can really smash that ball into the end zone. That's something to look out for, especially the size of, of ETN, a traditional receiving back. Bigsby might get some uh, goal line touches, you would have to say, for Jacksonville in this uh, upcoming season. Looking at wide receiver, there's a lot of mouths to feed. That's maybe a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit worrying. The top guy is is definitely Christian Kirk. He was wide receiver 12 last year, a low end wide receiver two. You would have to say going into this season, uh, just based on how many options there are. Zay Jones was wide receiver 26. I don't think his value plummets, but I I, I have him as a flex option, a solid option there. I wouldn't rate Calvin Ridley as really anything higher than a flex option right now because I haven't seen him in this offense. He's gonna Trevor Lawrence is going to go to those number one guys as we speak in Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. Calvin Ridley could be a flex option. Uh, like I said, maybe round 9, 10, 11, 12. That area is probably where you should draft uh, Calvin Ridley. Don't reach on him, though. Um, but looking at, at tight end, Evan Ingram. A starting tight end, Evan Ingram. He finished tight end five, uh, 73 receptions on the year. He was tied with Mark Andrews as third most among tight ends. What a comeback year for Evan Ingram. He has to be a tight end, a uh, top seven tight end in my mind uh, heading into this year because nothing has really changed. Yes, they added a couple more weapons, but uh, quarterbacks, especially like Trevor Lawrence, are always going to go for their tight ends. I wouldn't take him anything higher than really the seventh round in redraft, but he's definitely going to be really good again this year looking at Evan Ingram. I agree on Ingram. He's a top 10 tight end, definitely. You know, I think that he really is one of those lower end tight end ones, high end tight end two, um, really, really solid guy. If you can grab him, that's that's a guy that you can uh, definitely get some points with, especially when it's the the touchdown dependency that a lot of those tight ends get. Uh, and, and he got a lot of volume. But I'm actually kind of surprised on the wide receivers that you were more low on Calvin Ridley because I think Calvin Ridley is probably going to go higher in a lot of drafts where he can even go into like the sixth or seventh round. And yeah, I'm not sure that I would take him that high, but I can see it. I, I can really see why people are, are looking at him. Um, he was a very good receiver. No matter the, the numbers really said, with Matt Ryan, they're kind of hyping him up though right now. And and I'm kind of buying the hype a little bit. He's a, he potentially, if he ends up as that number one receiver for them, he can end up being from a fantasy perspective, just based on the fact that he has Trevor Lawrence throwing him the ball, a potential wide receiver too. I, I think that that is the, the side that he can get. I'm not sure he'll have the wide receiver upside that some people, you know, envision, but I can see him being a solid wide receiver too. Uh, if he does get the volume and he gets a lot of those red zone targets. But, yeah, I think he's probably going to go a little bit higher in those drafts. Um, 
So, you know, when you get on the clock in the eighth round, he'll probably not, he probably won't be there. Um, but as far as Christian Kirk goes, he had a monster year. I think that also kind of continues. Um, I think that he had very high, I would probably say very high wide receiver three potential uh, with the potential that he ends up on that mid to lower end of the wide receiver two guys. Uh, he did have 1,100 yards. He did have eight touchdowns. He was fifth in red zone looks, which I think that kind of where he's going to get hurt because um, I think Ridley is going to get a lot of those targets. So I'm not sure that the that the red zone looks is going to be as much on Christian Kirk, which is the only reason why I think his value gets hurt a little bit. Um, that said, Zay Jones, he's probably not going to get back to the pace that he did last year just based on you know the amount of, of – mouths that they have to feed out there with Evan Ingram and the, and the two receivers uh, alongside him. And for me, you know, he's probably one of those late round flyers that you can grab uh, in your draft. One of those really good bench guys, I would say, um, with the potential that he somehow turns into more. As far as the, the running backs go, though, with ETN, he was he was pretty good. Um, but at the same time, you know, he was fifth in carries inside the 10 yard line. He only scored on four of them. He he had 23 catches inside the 10-year-old lane, only scored on four. Uh, Didn't get a ton of receiving work, which was a little surprising to see as well. Uh, Look for that to improve, though, this year. And there's there's really not that much of competition. You know, Dearness Johnson, Jamichael Hastie, Snoop Connor, and and Tank Bigsby. I think the only one who really had the potential to do anything uh, from a fantasy perspective is Tank Bigsby. And so that said, I think that ETN kind of holds the the really good running back two value with the potential that that can even turn into more uh, to be a running back one if he does get, in fact, that passing uh, passing work. Tank, though, for me, he's a between-the-tackles guy, just like you said. He's a goal-line guy. He's going to score some touchdowns. Uh, so to me, he's probably one of those mid, mid-round mid rookie picks that you can take and, and feel confident that you'll get some scores on him uh, in from a dynasty perspective. And then Trevor Lawrence, I mean, it's amazing just the amount of even just the completion percentage from year one to year two. Uh, and you mentioned all the other numbers. It, it was awesome just to watch him kind of come into his own uh, and be the, the Trevor Lawrence that we knew in college. And so for me, I, I'm buying Trevor Lawrence in that second wave of quarterbacks. I think that that's probably where he belongs. He's, you know, just below that elite tier. Uh, with the potential that his running upside somehow takes him there this year. Um, but yeah, probably that second wave is where I would put him. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Just quickly to to uh, extend that wide receiver talk, I'm looking at Christian Kirk. I mean, I think this guy's going to be the number one this year. He has to be just based on that that chemistry that he built with Trevor Lawrence. I mean, the guy was wide receiver 12. It's not like he wasn't getting a ton of targets. He he got a ton of volume. Everything was going his way. And that was with Zay Jones there and Marvin Jones Jr. as well. So those he, they had three options um, as well as Evan Ingram at tight end. So I don't know if Ridley is going to come in right away and just take that, that spot, maybe gradually throughout the year. I still think Christian Kirk's that number one guy a low-end wide receiver, too. Like I said, the battle is definitely more between Zay Jones and Calvin Ridley. Yeah, I, I think that for me, though, with Calvin Ridley, I almost look at it the way that the, the Green Bay Packers were. 
uh, about a year ago with, with Dobbs and then with Watson. Watson kind of came in and he kind of gradually, and yeah, he was dealing with injury, but he gradually came in and kind of took the number one job. That's kind of what I see here with, with Calvin Ridley, just based on the fact that he's got to get himself back in the shape. And, and I mean, he's been working out the whole time. It's not like he was just sitting on his couch watching the games. Um, he's ready to roll and, and, and they've been hyping him up. So I'm, I'm buying the dip. That's fair. That's fair. All right. So another guy who, who a lot of people are really hyping up right now is Anthony Richardson, uh, with the Indianapolis Colts. And, you know, he's a little wishy-washy. We've been talking about him for a few weeks now with the other quarterbacks and, and I'm not sure how much value he'll have from a redraft perspective. I think he's he's maybe on that that back edge. If you want to take a shot on him as a backup, that's probably it. Um, I I won't be that person that that's having him as a backup. I I don't see a ton of value in redraft this year. Dynasty, no doubt, top five pick, uh, especially in superflex leagues. Uh, people who value quarterbacks. This guy, I do think he's going to end up being the starter. Of course, there's there's the question of he's going to be uh, maybe battling with with Minshew. Is Minshew going to start the season? They're going to work the way for Anthony Richardson to be that guy. You're going to have to draft him probably in the top five to to end up getting him in in dynasty leagues. Um, like I said, this question of who's going to start, I think it's going to end up being Richardson. I value him probably second of of the rookie quarterbacks right behind Bryce Young ahead of of Levis and Stroud just based on the situation that he's going to be in this year I think it's a better situation than the other two uh behind him looking at the running backs though Jonathan Taylor it's such a big question mark I still think he's going to end up being a a first rounder um just I don't think the that people are going to all of a sudden say okay we're done with him after running being running back 21 last year. He had all those injuries. Everything was, was awful. He was running back 21 before that bye week and and once he uh eventually got injured. Um he's definitely still gonna be a first rounder in my mind. Uh especially in 12 team leagues, probably maybe 10th, 11th, somebody's gonna take Jonathan Taylor. He's still the workhorse back. He's the number one guy in Indianapolis at wide receiver. Michael Pittman was wide receiver 20, and he missed a game. You definitely want more touchdowns from him. He was number four. He had only four, excuse me, uh, last season, but he's a terrific wide receiver too. Um, They're going to end up taking touches away from each other when you look at guys like Alec Pierce and uh, Isaiah McKenzie. I think they're they're late-round flyers. Um, Pierce is the number two guy. Uh, out wide and and McKenzie's going to be the slot guy. They're just going to be taking touches away from each other. Like I said, late round flyers on them. And Jelani Woods at tight end. I I mean, like you talk about checkdowns with with rookie quarterbacks and Anthony Richardson. He could look at him. I mean, he, Jelani Woods is going to be the number one tight end in Indianapolis over Mo Ali Cox, in my opinion. Take a late round flyer on on Jelani Woods. Like I said, Richardson's had accuracy problems. He's not going to want to throw it deep a ton, I think, just based on he's a rookie. He'll get it going. Yes, we've seen the arm strength from him, especially at the combine. Take a late round flyer on, on Jelani Woods. 
Yeah, I think that's probably where Jelani Woods belongs. It's one of those late round flyers if he's not left on waivers. And he, if he is left waivers in the league, then you probably want to keep an eye on him just from the sense of, hey, you never know, just like you said. Um, so for me, yeah, that's that's where he belongs. And then as far as the, the wide receiver core goes, Pittman, he was 17th in target share. I'm not sure how much, just like you kind of mentioned, I'm not sure Richardson's actually going to throw the ball this year, whereas he's going to, they're going to try to make him throw. Um, and so that said, Pittman, he scares me a little bit just from that perspective, but he, I still think he's a good wide receiver too. He's probably a good seventh or eighth rounder in a redraft league, but at the same time, I understand where people might shy away from him just from the standpoint of, you know, hey, Richardson might not be able to throw the ball and, and get it to him because um, of the accuracy issues. That said, you know, the rest of the receivers – you know, Josh Downs is a guy that that I would look at in a rookie league, but at the same time, Alec Pierce, probably a late round flyer, nothing more. Um, you know, I, I would probably leave the rest of them on waivers. They didn't exactly prove himself. Um, so therefore, I, I'm going to leave him on waivers for now and with the potential that, you know, if a couple guys get banged up, grab him. Uh, but then it's Jonathan Taylor. That's an interesting one. Like you said, I think He's probably a background back end first round for me. Um, he scored tw- 33 touchdowns in his first two NFL seasons, and then he scored just four touchdowns last year. So it, it's interesting for me. I think everyone's going to kind of value him low. He's still Jonathan Taylor, though. And people are going to knock the Anthony Richardson will run in the, you know, the goal line carries and all of that because oh, well, they looked at Dylan Hurt. But Miles Sanders scored 13 touchdowns last year with the same guy running the show. So to me, I'm not sure that that's really a knock. So I still think Taylor probably has that first-round value. And if you have that 10th, 11th, 12th pick, take a look at Jonathan Taylor because a lot of people are going to be kind of shying away from him just based on his finish last year. And then it's Richardson. For me, I think Richardson ends up starting season i can see them going to Minshew. it won't be long if Minshew gets in there it'll only be a couple weeks but richardson he only completed 53.8 percent of his passes in 2022 he was only a starter for one out of his three seasons at florida and like i said before i think the defenses are to kind of make him throw the ball just based on the accuracy issues and try to get them get him to throw those interceptions um i think that they're not exactly going to send the house at him just based on his escapability. Um, they're also going to watch a lot for that read option. And so I'm I'm a little iffy on the redraft value of him. I can totally understand the dynasty perspective, especially when he starts to get a little more weapons over there. But from the redraft perspective, I think he'll be a backup quarterback. Um, if you want to grab him in redraft, he's your backup. Uh, until he can figure out how to use his his arm. Um, but I don't know that he's a quarterback one right now out of the gate from a redraft perspective. He's probably a backup. From a dynasty perspective, yes, we spoke time and time and time again. Bryce Young should be the number one quarterback. Anthony Richardson's the number two guy. But, you know, longevity concerns, consistency concerns. I understand that if your, your draft is based on needs, the people who are trying to value Gibbs or – JSN over him. I can understand that if you don't need a quarterback. Um, but, you know, for me, it's, it's number one and number two are Bryce Young, 
and B. John Robinson or B. John Robinson and then Bryce Young. Um, uh, you know, for Richardson, from a perspective of redraft, yeah, he's probably your bench guy. Yeah, I uh, completely agree. Um, looking just quickly, did you say Michael Pittman? Where did you, what round did you end up saying? I, I, you know what? I'm, I'm iffy because I keep between the sixth and the eighth rounds. I think really? there'll be people that'll, well, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, where do you think he'll, he'll go? So in 12, let's say 12 team. I think, I mean, this guy, he was wide receiver 20. He's a number one option in Indy, maybe third, fourth round. So that I'd probably, yeah, like, maybe I mean, listen, there. listen, I understand the, the, the high on Pittman. I think, again, I think the thing that's going to shy me away from Pittman this year is that passing ability that Richardson has and whether they pass the ball enough uh, to give him that value. So, Yes, well, he might he might get picked in the fourth round in a lot of the drift. It would be by me. Uh, I would wait on him. That's one of those guys that I would pick in the sixth, sixth or seventh round, um, rather than the fourth round. But I can understand. Listen, he had the upside, and he had he also he was dealing with passing quarterbacks last year, and I and I don't know that you really discount uh, Matt Ryan for most of that year. Um, you know, it didn't really turn out well for him. But at the same time, like. He was a passing quarterback. He was rushing. And so I think a lot of the plays that they draw up this year are going to be rushing plays. Um, and that might hurt his value. Got it. All right. Makes sense. Let's move on to Houston. All right. Well, last last point, and I did skip over him, Zach Moss. Um, I think that if you do Jonathan Taylor, grab Zach Moss. He's, he's a guy that you just want to stash at the end of your bench. He might not be a very strong handcuff, but make sure you grab him based on the fact that JT is coming off injury. And so make sure you grab those handcuffs. All right, let, let's jump to Houston, though. Uh, and, and we're going to start out here. Let's let's start out with CJ Stroud. We just kind of talked about him, but, you know, briefly go into him and then and then let's talk about the rest of the Texans. Um, just quickly on Stroud, uh, of course, I mentioned super flex leagues and, and two quarterback leagues uh, when it comes to dynasty. Top five pick. He's got to be. Um, I, I have him third of the uh, rookie quarterbacks. However, you want to rate uh, those rookie quarterbacks in that order. I mean, he's got to end up being in the top five. Uh, you'd probably throw the two running backs in there with Gibbs and, and Bijan. Um, I think he's got to be in the top five when it comes to dynasty, though. I'd stay away and redraft. Um, I think it'll end up being a year that Stroud's going to have to get used to the system and used to the NFL and used to his wide receivers. So I'd probably stay away and redraft, but but Dynasty, you have to pick him in the top five. Yeah, that's that's kind of where he belongs, and he's a, he's a top five pick, plain and simple. All right, let's move on. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, let's go to Some running back. back talk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, let's go to running back. Damian Pierce, uh, lead running back, you have to say, in, in Houston uh, right now. An ankle injury in week 14, though that ended his season um that was definitely frustrating a, a tough way uh to end what was a pretty solid uh rookie season you would have to say for Damian Pierce at the time that he went out with that angle injury he was running back 15 um i think going into this year he's probably low end running back too i'd probably be more comfortable as a flex option i wouldn't put him in those top tier of of running backs 
I, I probably wouldn't even be too comfortable as a running back too, just based on the offense he's in. They're still they're rebuilding right now. They're still working on things down in Houston. Um, when it comes to Devin Singletary, though, that's when I get a little bit worried about uh, Damian Pierce and those touches. Devin Singletary, who was behind him, he I, who is behind him, he was running back twenty three when he was with Buffalo uh, last year. I definitely think that hurts. Pierce's value Singletary's probably on the border of running back three and four, probably Uh, I'd still put Pierce as the number one guy, but like I said, definitely hurts Pierce's value going into this year. None of the receivers are fantasy starters. Robert Woods, uh, Nico Collins will probably be number one and two. Um, John Mechie, who is coming back from a season where he had cancer. Um, He's coming in, and I, I think he's going to end up being a late-round flyer. Take a flyer on him. He, he might burst out onto the scene, get that chemistry with a rookie quarterback in, in C.J. Stroud. Take a shot on him. Uh, Tank Dell, another guy to look out for, rookie um, this year. I, I look at him probably middle round in uh, rookie drafts in Dynasty. He's probably in around or so um especially in in five team uh or five round rookie drafts in dynasty um when it comes to tight end you have dalton schultz he was tight end number 10 last season in dallas i'd put him on the border of tight end one and tight end two because of his target share in this offense there's like i said there's not a ton at wide receiver i think he'll get a bulk of the targets from cj stroud I do think there's better options, though, in better systems than Dalton Schultz this year. Yeah, I think for me, Schultz is probably, one again, one of those good backup tight ends that you can take onto your team. Um, I can, you know, there's going to be some people who are like, no, no, Dalton Schultz is the guy because of the receivers. And, yeah, I can understand that, but I think there's better options as as your number one tight end. Um, Target share, though, you know, for him, because of that, it should be the same as what it was in Dallas, I think. Um, you know, so that could be the thing that helps leap him into that top 10. But for me, I, I take him as my second guy. As far as the receiver goes, you know, for me, it's Nico Collins. I think that that's the guy to stash. Um, you know, he's a potential flex option down the line. But he, I, I think that he's the guy that I would stash if I was I was taking a flyer on anybody. Mechie, I can see that as well. And then, yeah, I mean, Tank Dell, Tank Dell, you know, he was actually, there's the story of how he got drafted. He reached out to Stroud, Stroud reached out to the coaches, and it was come and get me, was the line. And so they went out and they got him. And so, you know, Stroud, maybe there's some sort of chemistry there with Tank Dell. Um, So he's a guy I would take in in a rookie draft, maybe a late round flyer, depending on what progresses during training camp, when you're when your uh, redraft draft is um, and, you know, just keep an eye on, on tank Dell and, and what's going on there. Uh, and maybe the few, the first couple of preseason games, how he works with Stroud. Um, and then, you know, you kind of mentioned it a little bit here with Singletary and with Pierce. I'm not sure how much value Singletary had to alone, but I think that he's going to eat into Pierce's value. I think that Pierce, you know, he was running back to during weeks two to 10, uh, he was fifth in, in the NFL in rushing yards. He had north of 19 carries and 92 rushing yards per game. Uh, and then, you know, the two weeks after that, 
he had 16 rushing yards combined in weeks 11 and 12 against Washington and Miami. So for me, he's probably a lower end run back two. And the reason is just based on bringing in Devin Singletary. Yes, he only signed a one-year deal worth just under $4 million uh, to fill the role of the backup. But he actually had more carries than James Cook did last year in Buffalo. And you mentioned the success there. And so I'm not sure that Singletary is going to have standalone value. But, you know, again, I think that Pierce's value gets kind of hurt. And then for Stroud, I don't know that Stroud has much redraft value this year. Uh, from the dynasty perspective, top five pick, just like said. And I think that for me, he's he's the number three guy uh, in terms of quarterbacks. Just just like you said, uh, ahead of Levis, behind you know Young, and then Richardson. Yeah, definitely agree with you. I, I a guy like Singletary uh, would definitely just be on a bench. Right now, like I said, running back three, running back four option. Um, if Damian Pierce goes out, Devin Singletary. There you go. There's your option right there. Um, I do agree with you that Singletary is going to take more of, of Pierce's value away than Singletary is going to have value in that offense. There's not going to be a ton of fantasy value for Devin Singletary, but I do think he'll end up taking a, a fair amount of touches in the backfield whether it's Singletary, Mike Boone, um, I, they're going to end up taking touches from from Damian Pierce. Yeah, agree. And, and, you know, again, if Pierce goes down, then that's the guy that could take over. So, you know, you should grab Devin Singletary. I'm not saying stay away from him. Um, I'm just not sure that he's going to be the guy that's going to go off, you know, in most weeks. Uh, but he is the guy that you can take a, take a flyer on, stash him, and, and, you know, if Pierce goes down, then he's right there in your weekly lineup. Yeah, definitely. All right. So we head over to the AFC West. And, you know, what can we say about them? Pat Mahomes, Kelsey, you know, they're they're number one guys. I Yeah. I, Patrick Mahomes, number one quarterback. Hands down. Don't even don't even have an argument uh, like. Patrick Mahomes is the number one guy you could say all you want about Joe Burrow and Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. It's Patrick Mahomes. If he's not the number one quarterback taken, I don't know what you're doing. You better take him. Uh, the numbers speak for themselves. This guy had 5,200 passing yards, 41 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. That's everything you want in a starting quarterback. Go go and get him. Go, go and get him. Of course, yeah, um, it's going to take a little bit. You're going to have to boost up your quarterback rankings a bit, but go get them. Enjoy the ride when it comes to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, looking at running back, Isaiah Pacheco was running back 18 in the last eight games of the season. The one thing I would say is it's a little bit too crowded right now in Kansas City uh, with Pacheco. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is still there as long as he's healthy, as well as Jarek McKinnon. Um, with Edwards-Alaire, um, I would end up saying Pacheco is a high-end running back three. I wouldn't put him in running back two range. Also, like I said, with, with Jarek McKinnon, a very solid sleeper heading into this year. The back half of last season, this guy was running back five. More receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns than Christian McCaffrey in the last in the back half of last season, like I said. Um, the one thing I'll say is I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to end up being gone 
uh, in the next couple of seasons. You're probably going to hold on to him in Dynasty. If you want to trade him, go ahead. I just don't think he's going to end up in Kansas City in the next two seasons or so. I think he's going to be out of there by then. Looking at the wide receivers, it's a little bit tough. I do think Rashi Rice has the best chance to be Juju Smith-Schuster of last year. That number one guy, that go-to target. Um, there's just so many options there. I wouldn't take any of the wide receivers when it comes to Gadarius Tony, Marquez Veldes, Scantling, Sky Moore, Richie James, any of them before the really the later rounds. I don't think there's a ton of value. Yes, there's the argument for Tony, but I didn't see that last year, especially when Juju was injured. It wasn't Kadarius Tony, and he was more of a, a gadget option, more like a, a full Hardman type of player that maybe boom or bust or not a ton of targets. So I think, like I said, Rice is going to be the number one guy uh, when it comes to receivers, the best chance of, of being Juju of last year. And, and you look at Travis Kelsey. He's got to be tight end one. There's no doubt. Uh, the one thing I'd say, looking at redrafts, I'd take seven players over him, and I'm going to name them. Austin Eckler, sure. Christian McCaffrey, Bijan Robinson, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, and Stephon Dix. So I'd probably say mid to late first round. I think that's the spot for Kelsey. Interesting. Did you, I, I don't know because I feel like with Kelsey – I'm always trying to get him in that second round and like on the wrap and I never can get him. It's every year because he's worth a first. And and it's, you know, it's understandable just based on the fact of how much better he is at his position, how much of the advantage he has over even the tight number two. And so, yeah, Kelsey, to me, he's a late first. I, I get the hype between the tight, tight end, uh, you know, let's see, between one and two, two to three. Um, so for me, he's there. Uh, the receiver work, you know, that's an interesting room there. You mentioned Rashi Rice. I think that's a guy you take in rookie drafts just to just stash. You know, he has Pat Mahomes as his quarterback, and and if he's a guy that could potentially go, that's a guy you want to have. Um, but I'm probably staying away from most of the room, uh, just like you are. Kadarius Tony's interesting. They grabbed him from the Giants, and he was great for them. Uh, that said, I can see him kind of going either way. So for me, he's probably a flex wide receiver four. And he, I mean, again, he has Pat Mahomes as his quarterback. He can end up as a wide receiver two just based on, you know, if he continues what he did towards the back half of the season into the playoffs, uh, there's there's that. Sky Moore, maybe a late last round pick. That's you pick the end of the end of the draft, just stash him on the end of your bench and if he doesn't go off in the first couple of weeks, then, you know, sorry, see you later. And that's it. Um, cut your losses at the last round pick and not have to really risk anything. Uh, but for me, I'm probably really only going with those couple guys. Pacheco and McKinnon and Edwards Hilaire room it, it running back. They're an interesting case as well. McKinnon is probably one of those later round picks. Um, I think that for me, I would probably stay away from McKinnon. I think that Paco is going to get a little more receiving work this year, uh, which they started to do in the conference championship. Pacheco had six catches. Uh, to me, I think that Pacheco is kind of on the rise. If he gets that, he could be a running back too. If not, he could fall all the way to the flex. Um, 
it's an interesting room though, just from the perspective of McKinnon. Listen, if McKinnon gets the the PPR value, then he's going to go up high. Um, he is just plain and simple. That said, it's kind of an unknown, and and we're not really going to know what's going to happen. Just like last year, Pat Mahomes said he was going to spread the ball, and he did. And so I'm not sure that there's going to be like a single guy you can say he's the guy except for Travis Kelsey. I think that's the only thing. And then I, we don't really have to talk about Pat Mahomes. He's, he's quarterback one. I completely agree with you. This Chiefs offense, this is one of the years that, that I'm probably least intrigued by in fantasy, except for Travis Kelsey. That's yeah. it. Yeah, he's so. the number one pass catcher. So, so therefore, he's a, he's a first, and the rest, I mean, it, it, you know, it, it remains to be seen. Yep. All right. So, so now in LA, uh, another kind of question marks across the board at receiver, at least. Um, but we take a look at Justin Herbert, and he's been really solid. And you kind of know what you're getting. Yeah, I, I people say like, oh, it was a downgrade last year. This guy was quarterback eleven. He had 4,700 yards. Of course, yeah, there's little to no rushing ability, but I definitely still think he's he's mid to low quarterback one. I, I mean, I'm a dynasty owner of Justin Herbert. I, I'm happy with what he did. It, it's good enough. Like, exact. obviously, you're not going to always put up what he did in his rookie year. That was insane what he did his rookie year. You're not going to expect that from Herbert each and every year. But as long as he's in this offense with a ton of wide receivers and a receiving back like Eckler, I mean, it's everything you want in a guy like Justin Herbert. Looking at, um, uh, like I said, Herbert, probably mid to low QB1. That's probably his range. I, I'd put him behind guys like Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts and, and Josh Allen. He's not in that tier. He's probably in that tier just after with guys like Trevor Lawrence, I, I would probably say heading into this season Eckler finished running back one on the season I do think he's the clear second overall pick I we talked about last week I think Christian McCaffrey's back to number one he's got to be especially in that offense in San Francisco Eckler should be the number two guy I don't think there's really an argument um you could say Justin Jefferson I'd pick Austin Eckler he's the number two guy behind Christian McCaffrey uh Josh Kelly right in LA, you would have to say, um, just after last year, Spiller just did not get uh, really any work. It was always Kelly as the second guy behind Eckler. Looking at the wide receivers, injuries for, for Keenan Allen um, in the last eight weeks of the season, um, he had more receptions than Justin Jefferson. Um, he was wide receiver three in the last eight weeks of the season. That that's great numbers. Um, definitely a, a wide receiver one, I think, when healthy. I, I do. I think he's on the in that second round where all those running backs go. You can take a guy like Keenan Allen in there. I he, he's so reliable, especially when he's in there um, and he's healthy. That's always the big question mark. Can he stay healthy though? Williams was a uh, a top ten wide receiver in the weeks without Keenan Allen. I think he's a solid wide receiver too. That's probably where I'd put him. Um, a good option. You know that Herbert's going to throw the ball. And when Williams is on the field, he's going to end up getting those targets. The question with Quentin Johnston coming in from, from TCU this season, 
I don't think he has a ton of redraft value because I, I look at there's still the options in Josh Palmer and Jalen Guyton. I don't think Herbert's going to all of a sudden move away from those guys and be like, oh, yeah, Quentin Johnson, he's going to be my third option now. I don't think that's going to be the case. So I don't know if there's a ton of redraft value. However, in Dynasty, he's in that stretch of, of four wide receivers um, towards probably the back half of, of the first round, early second round, wherever you're going to end up taking him, depending on, on league size and dynasty. He's in that stretch of, of four wide receivers. Um, but you look at Keenan Allen, this guy is 31. He has two more years left on his contract, plus a ton of injuries. So the value in dynasty for Quentin Johnston is definitely there. It might not be there right now, but when Keenan Allen's out of there, this, he's going to be clearly either the number one or the number two guy paired up with Mike Williams. Looking at tight end, though, to finish off, Gerald Everett, he was tight end 13, a great backup option. A pass-heavy offense, great backup. Yeah, I think this is the week of the great backups for us in terms of the, just going across the board. I think Everett is a great backup. Uh, he had career highs in receptions, receiving yards, 58 catches, 555 yards four touchdowns. It's a good line. I think that he's one of those guys you grab at the end of your draft and you stash him as, as your backup uh, tight end. So for me, yeah, that's probably where he belongs. I, I totally agree with that. As far as the receivers go, yeah, you kind of nailed it on the head with Keenan Allen. I think that for me, you know, he missed seven of the first nine games with the injury and was banged up and it was like, oh no, here we go. But then he came back. He was great. He was wide for four points per game. Um, they restructured his contract. So again, I was like, oh no, here we go. But I still think that even the draft Quentin Johnston, he still is the volume guy. And so because of that, he's always going to have that high floor wide receiver too. So yeah, he's probably one of those, you know, back into the second round into the third round guys that you, you can rely on um, just based on the floor alone. Mike Williams, he was wishy-washy last year. I was a Mike Williams owner. He was, you know, limited to 13 games, the games that Keenan Allen was not there, he was a beast. And then for games, he just kind of disappeared. Um, but he was he was wide receiver 20 in fantasy points per game when he was on the field. He was 42nd in target share. To me, he's not a strong wide receiver two. I think he still is a wide receiver two, but I don't know that he's a strong option. He's an extremely great option as a wide receiver three if you can make that work. Um, but, I, you know, I go back and forth on him, and I'm an owner of him. I'm not sure how much longer I can deal with the wishy-washy Mike Williams. Um, so, you know, for me, he's he's a potential sell option in, in Dynasty just from the perspective of if you're trading to one of those contending teams who needs a receiver, um, he's a guy that you potentially sell. Just as far as the future and what, what it holds for Keenan Allen and for, for Mike Williams. Quentin Johnson, though, however... He's yards after catch monster. I think that that's one of those things we're going to see this year where he kind of gets open over the middle and he just takes off. Uh, and Justin Herbert will kind of figure that out with him. Uh, I think we might also see kind of what we were talking about last week with Seattle, where all three receivers are out there at the same time. And they kind of worked that in a little bit. So for me, I, I think Quinton Johnson's probably around that, you know, ninth, 10th, 11th round range. You know, one of those mid guys like what Garrett Wilson was last year uh, with the potential that he leads into your weekly lineup just based on the yak alone. 
Uh, and then as far as, as Eckler goes, yeah, he's, he's running back too overall. Um, for me, he, he, listen, he struggled in the first three weeks. I was in a league where he got traded and, and I was like, what? Somebody just acquired Austin Eckler. They got off the bus already five top three finishes for the rest of the year. So for me, he's, he's the second pick off the board. Enjoy the ride. Uh, I also think this is a year that Isaiah Spiller kind of takes a step forward with Josh Kelly there. Um, you know, again, if you have, if you have Eckler, grab the backup, just do it as a handcuff and, and stand on the end of your bench. Um, but for me, I think that Spiller has a chance actually to become that number two guy. They weren't extremely confident in Kelly last year. Uh, Spiller's 22 years old. He was a fourth round pick last year. Uh, I would, I would keep him on the watch list just based on, listen, he was a very talented player. They were very high on him when he came out, he kind of got banged up right before training camp started and in, in the OTAs and he kind of strapped into training camp and that kind of, he was kind of behind everybody at, from the start. So to me, I think that, you know, an off season underneath, underneath him, there's a the potential that he becomes the running back too. So I, you know, I wouldn't pick him right away. He, again, he's one of those last round picks. If you have Ellen Eckler, um, but you know, keep him on your watch list, be ready to pounce in case anything happens to Eckler. But for Herbert, you know, you, it's like you said, you know what you're getting. And yeah, he didn't rush for a touchdown last year. But you also got to remember, he hurt his ribs. There were weeks where he didn't have Keenan Allen. There were weeks where he didn't have Mike Williams. He was still a beast, though. I mean, he he went and he drove his team down the field with those injured ribs. I mean, that is highlight of the season when it comes to Justin Herbert. Um, they also got rid of their coordinator, which I think really is going to change the offense. To me, he's he's still a top five dynasty guy. He's probably in that second wave of quarterbacks. He's you know not that elite tier in redraft, but he's in that second tier. You know, start start him and and set it and forget it kind of a player. Yeah, just quickly one thing to add. Um, looking at Eckler, and, and this is type this is the type of offense where the number one guy gets so much work that the later guys, you're going to always grab a stash guy. We tell people all the time, just grab the stash guy. It does not matter. This is one of those offenses that you can wait and see uh, when it comes to that draft time, your last round pick, nobody's going to end up taking Josh Kelly or uh, Isaiah Spiller. Make it be you and and just stash him on the bench. Yeah, agree. Don't don't rush to get the hand. I think that's a good strategy. Um, and And, you know, both of us have kind of, been able to utilize that when you get one of those top tier guys. Yep. Definitely agree. So, yeah. So now we go over to Las Vegas um, and it's a little question over there, you know, could be very run heavy. Um, but then of course you have Devontae Adams. Uh, then there's the injury concern with the quarterback and they bring in a tight end in the draft. Zach, take us through Las Vegas. All right, going to Vegas, we'll start off at quarterback, and it's it's Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, he, he had foot surgery, though, in March. He won't be ready for OTAs. Um, he should end up being ready for training camp. The one thing is, in, in fantasy, I wouldn't start him. Of course, there's, there's the people that, oh, there's so many options. There's a lot of value there. Of course, the, the options that he has in that offense with Jacobs and Devontae Adams. But I wouldn't start him. I, th I think he's a strong backup option. 
right where probably Derek Carr, I valued Derek Carr almost every year. Uh, just the backup option. If you could get him, okay, great. He'll, you plug him behind your, your starting quarterback and your good option as their QB1. Um, it's a solid option just because he just does not turn the ball over. That's been the thing with Jimmy G. You're always going to know what you're going to get. He's not going to turn the ball over, and he's going to give you consistent numbers throughout the season. It's not going to be anything big, not going to be anything small, just right in a perfect spot, solid numbers. He's a, he's a backup, like I said, though. Uh, one of the earlier picks in the draft this year, I think, is going to end up being Josh Jacobs. I think uh, there's people that are going to value Josh Jacobs very highly. I'm one of those people. Uh, I Maybe, depending on, on the situation, maybe go up and get him. I'm willing to ride the wave. This guy was running back three last year, and I know it was a contract year. I know that a ton of pressure on him, but he has Jimmy Garoppolo as his quarterback. It's not like they're not going to run the ball. He's the number one guy. Go for him. Uh, just ride the wave. Like I said, um, I do think he's going to need some more work on passing downs, but he's no doubt in my mind, probably top seven, top eight uh, when it comes to running backs. That's where I value him. Uh, I would say hold on to Zamir White and Dynasty. Um, it's his backfield if anything ends up happening to Josh Jacobs. When you look at wide receiver Devontae Adams, he's a clear first-round wide receiver. I'd probably take Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill ahead of him. Maybe a question of, of Cooper Cup based on health, but he is a slam-dunk number one target in this offense. When it comes to tight end, it's definitely a weird one for Vegas. With most likely... I think a lot of two tight end sets. I think that's where what they're going to end up dealing with. Um, when it comes to Michael Mayer, the tight end out of Notre Dame, he's an early second rounder in Dynasty. Probably rank rank him third in in rookie tight ends behind Kincaid uh, as well as Sam Laporta. I, that's probably where I'd end up putting uh, Michael Mayer. But I'd most likely stay away. In, in redraft leagues, unless it's really the last round and you need an option from Vegas. Yeah, for me, he's a late round flyer as well, just based on the fact that after Devontae, it's a very thin room. Garoppolo, check down. We spoke about it during our draft episode. Make sure you go check that one out. Uh, but, you know, for me, I, I think George Kittle is probably the, the, the ceiling for him. And if he can, if he can attain that kind of volume, uh, Mayer is a potential guy that can that could get a lot of fantasy points. Uh, so he is worth that late round flyer for me. And then in in dynasty, yeah, that's a guy that you probably grab probably in the front part of the second round. I would say uh, in one of those super flex leagues. If not, you know, if, and you're there in the middle of the second round, and he slips to you, then that's great value, I think, uh, for you. But as far as receivers go, Devonte, top five wide receiver. Top five wide receiver, top five wide receiver. I, I just, that's the only thing I think I can say about him. The knock is is for him right now, Jimmy G, but Jimmy G is an accurate quarterback. Uh, he was sixth in completion rate last season. So with the potential news that uh, was today, uh, Tashawn Reed of The Athletic came out that they haven't gotten any trade offers for Hunter Renfro. They're considering cutting him. Um, so that actually could change a little bit and for me, that means there's really not going to be much competition there for Devon Adam and even Jacoby Myers. And so for me, that the value of both of those guys go up. 
but Devontae's, you know, he's Devontae. So so take him and start him and set it and forget it. Uh, for, for Jacoby Myers, though, he's going to be the slot guy. Uh, even with the fact that Hunter Renfro is going to be there with him, I think that Jacoby Myers probably was going to be the lead guy. And so they kind of are realizing that. That said, Kobe Myers, he's a he's a, a yak guy, you know, that yards after catch. So for me, he he has the potential to be a pretty good wide receiver too. Um, and if Renfro ends up not being there, you know, he can maybe even slot in his ceiling would probably be a low end wide receiver too. Um, so that's kind of where I think he is, but this is really gonna be the offense around Josh Jacobs. Yes, he was running back three, he led the NFL in touches through the first seven weeks. And I think he's he's going to be the bell cow again. Um, so for me, he's he's yeah, he's probably going to go into the back end of the first round in some drafts. I think he's a second rounder, but I can understand if you're late in the draft and you're missing out on a bunch of the running backs. They all go early, and you know you want a running back. Then I can understand it. You know, I I personally would would take a wide receiver in that case, but at the same time, I can understand the people when those deep running drafts where they just go. Um, yeah, Josh Jacobs is a solid guy to get just based on volume. I'm not sure Zamir White has really any draft value other than that stash, like you said, in Dynasty. Um, in the case that that bell cow running back goes down, well, then Zamir White's getting the work. And I think that Zamir White's a good running back. So, therefore, he'd stash him if you have him in Dynasty. If you want to late flyer on him because you have Josh Jacobs, again, he's going to be available in the last round of the draft. So just take them then. Um, and as far as quarterback goes, Garoppolo, he's he's a streamer for me. I don't know that I would take him even as my backup. Uh, he really he only averaged under 17 points, 16.7 fantasy points per game uh, before he broke his foot. And so for me, that's not really – I always set the benchmark as 20 points, and if you score 20 points, then that was an okay week. Um, but to average underneath that – I'm not sure how many of those weeks that I can take a 12 point quarterback performance. Uh, so for me, I, I'm probably not going to take a, take them on my team. That's fair. I, I'm just looking, I think he's in a little bit of a better situation when it comes to him and how his game works. Um, having a number one option like Devonte Adams, I you're going to get those points from Devonte Adams. And I, I think that's worth a shot taking Jimmy Garoppolo as a backup. Yeah. I, and listen, I can understand that. Um, you know, one of those, one of those late round flyers, I would say is probably where, where I would take him, uh, if I were to take him, uh, I wouldn't take him any higher than that. I'm not sure that he has the potential to be a quarterback one, or even like a, a really, really good backup. Um, cause again, those 12 point weeks are the, are the thing that really scare me. Um, and yeah, Devante will get a lot of his points and yards after cash from Jacoby Myers will get him a lot of those points. And you know, those guys running for touchdowns and, and things like that, that'll get him the point. It's not going to be Jimmy G on his own, though. That's definitely fair. All right, let's move on to Denver. All right, so so we're on to our last team, the Denver Broncos. And for the first time in his career, I think Russell Wilson is a buy-low candidate. And it's crazy to say, for the first time in his career, Brett, you heard it here first. I think Russell Wilson is my biggest sleeper quarterback of this year. I definitely think he is. He was absolutely horrendous last year. This guy was still quarterback 16. He was still quarterback 16. 
and they've only added options. These This offense is going to be pretty solid. They got rid of the whole regime that came in last year with Russell Wilson. Everything's new. He's got a clean slate. He's going to be a sleeper this year because people are going to be like, ah, Russell Wilson, he's, he's terrible. He's old. His career's over. He's done. This guy is in a perfect offense. This is why he came to Denver. He's a sleeper in my mind. Go out, go get him. I, I he could be a solid backup for you. Um, I think there's going to be people that end up taking him as their number one quarterback. I probably not do that, uh, just based on on the situation and just feeling comfortable. But he's definitely a sleeper heading into this year. Uh, looking at at the running backs, of course, this all changes if Dalvin Cook, like we mentioned earlier, comes to Denver, but. Right now, the question of Javante and and if he's going to be fully healthy, that's a major, major knee injury. Three different injuries uh, in that knee. Uh, That's definitely worrying going into this year. Uh, For Denver, you probably don't want to risk it. Dynasty, you're obviously going to hold on to him. He's very young. Um, I wouldn't even trade him. I I don't think the value is there right now. Just hold on to him. If he comes back this season, great. Then, Then you got another a running back to, to throw in there. Um, but if he's healthy, I think he's in that, that tier of early third round, probably of, of running backs when it comes to redrafts, 12 team leagues that, that late second, early third, right where he was last year. I know the knee injury would be a problem. I'm not too worried about it heading into this year. Um, when it comes to Shamaje Pirine, he's going to be the stash guy. Uh, you might have to grab him a little bit earlier, just like Melvin Gordon was grabbed earlier last year. Um, this is all if if Javante is healthy heading into this year. Um, Piran, like I said, you'd have to jump up a little bit earlier to grab him as a stash guy. When it comes to wide receiver, you clearly saw that Jerry Judy jumped ahead of Cortland Sutton last year. Uh, when it comes to Judy, he's a mid to low end wide receiver too. Sutton's a flex option. Sutton was bad last year he was bad uh, and of course russell wilson wasn't great but sutton was bad uh, i drafted sutton did not have a good time judy was awesome last year very very good option he's going to be the number one heading in this into this year marvin mims probably the third option there's an argument between him uh and kj hamler but uh, mims a late round flyer probably a second rounder in dynasty and then at tight end greg dulcich he got a ton of targets, seventh among tight ends in the 10 weeks he played last year. I That's a sleeper option coming into the coming into this season. My biggest sleeper last year was Gerald Everett. He was a solid backup. I think the same for Greg Dulcich this year. Yeah, for me, Dulcich, he's a sleeper. Listen, the history of Russell Wilson and the tight ends hasn't been amazing, but at the same time, yeah, Dulcich got his work. And he beat out Equipinom for that number one role where everybody was on Albert O early in the season. It kind of just went Dulcich's way, and he just kind of took the job from him. Um, so, yeah, Dulcich was late-round flyers. Again, a, a backup tight end, but at the same time, you know, he could be a solid option if Russell starts to look for him in the red zone. As far as Jerry Judy goes, I think we really can't discount. When it comes to all of these guys, really, who's coaching – it's John Payton. They brought over Sean Payton, and I think that's going to kind of change the landscape of how things are going. Um, for me, Jerry's going to get very involved. Sean Payton's been very high on him so far. 
talking about his cuts the other day and how great his cuts are. And so I think that he's a guy that you could probably take. Um, I would take him early. You know, he was wide receiver 19. He was 35th in target share. I think that a lot of people are going to be low on him just based on that. I would take him, though. Cortland Sutton, he was 11th on deep targets, 27 red zone targets. To me, he's probably one of those, like, mid-wide receiver threes that could end up being even a high two or a mid two. Um, but for me, I, I'm really intrigued by Marvin Mims. I think that he's a guy that is going to end up coming in and you know, then end up, they were, there was talk that they could trade or cut Sutton. Uh, I think that Mims end up, could end up being the guy that plays the similar role to what Sutton was doing last year. And they kind of roll with Judy and, and Mims. And so Sutton could be the guy on the, on, the, uh, the odd man out, rather. Um, so for Mims, I would take him in a rookie draft. I think that that's kind of where the future lies. And, you know, it's funny to pick the third round for Javante. I did some research here. Right now, his average draft position on Yahoo and on ESPN is number 70, which puts him in the back end of the seventh round. So I think the value is ridiculous. And you might be able to wait a couple rounds to get him. He's a really good sleeper just based on the fact that nobody really knows what's going on with the injury. If somebody is willing to sell him in dynasty, go buy him because he's going to be back and he'll be great. Um, I think that he's going to get very involved in the passing game. Well, uh, we saw that a lot with Sean Payton using the running backs with Kamara. And so I think that that similar uh, workload will be coming his way. Yeah. He's a, he's a guy that could get work if, if Javante's not healthy. And yes, we talked Dalvin Cook a little bit earlier. So, you know, we'll see about that. But at the moment, you know, Samaje Piran, he could get a couple games if Javante is not entirely out of 100% right out of the gate. Uh, so maybe a guy that you kind of keep your eye on the situation of what's going on, maybe grab him later on in your draft. Um, and then as, as far as Russell Wilson goes, yeah, he's my buy low of the, of the season right now because his value is so low. And he had career worse in completion percentage, career in passing rating, touchdown passes. He had a career high in sacks. To me, he's probably not your quarterback one, just like you said, but he's one of those top, top backup quarterbacks. Uh, if I'm always one of those players who likes to grab the quarterback early, um, but at the same time, I always like to have a solid backup, even if it's for that one week Josh Tom might be out, just based on the fact that, I like to protect myself. You like to protect having that top tier quarterback by having another top quarterback. So for me, Russell Wilson is that. I think he's going to have a great year. And yeah, the coach, the coach, I think is going to change the landscape over there. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And like, and like I said, this guy had the worst season of his career by far. He was still quarterback sixteen. He's still quarterback yeah, sixteen. That's ridiculous that he was still there and he still put up solid enough numbers to be in that tier of quarterbacks. And and you you would have to say the sky's the limit going into this year. Uh, it can't be as worse as he was last year. Yeah, and so so buy low. I mean that's that's the best advice you can give is is buy low. A lot of people are low on him for his age. A lot of people are low on him because he didn't really run like he used to run early in his career. Um, I think that kind of changes. Yeah, he might not get the rushing upside that he did uh, just a few seasons ago. 
but at the same time, I think he's going to have a solid year. Yeah, completely agree. All righty, so we we finished we finished the divisions, and and now we're going to start heading in to draft season uh, as we get closer. And OTAs are coming next week. Next week, we're going to talk about our biggest sleepers. Wow. Wow. Well, I mean, I just gave you a couple names there. so (laughs) Yeah, so we're going to recycle some of those names, and we'll add some new ones uh, coming at you towards the end of next week. Uh, If you haven't listened to any of our previous episodes, go check them out in the feed. And until next week, Zach, see you later. See you later. All righty, signing off at Malamud. This has been Third Round Versal Fantasy Football, and we'll catch you in the next one.